0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Cantor Hilary Chorney. I'll start with a little framing. So the framing is um, that where I'm going to end the teaching today is a, a teaching from um a, a really dear Rosh Yeshiva. Every yeshiva, every place uh, dedicated to learning for the sake of learning, also known as Lishma for its own sake, every yeshiva has a Rosh Yeshiva. Sometimes there are several Rosh Yeshiva, heads of the yeshiva. And all of those places, uh, all of those folks at those places have different roles and I had a really wonderful rosh yeshiva, Rabbi Daniel Goldfarb, and I was thinking, you know, I like to start my Elul prep a little bit before Elul, because I think it takes some time to be ready for Elul prep. I also find myself saying during the month of Elul, which is supposed to be this spiritual preparatory season for the entire year, that I wish that I spent more time preparing than simply one month. So I like to try to begin already in Av, already in sort of an ascent, where we're here in these haftarah of consolation of Nechemta. We're already on the upswing post tisha B'av, with the spiritual preparation for the High Holy Days for re- for self renewal, which is exactly what the theme of the texts we're going to look at from Parsha Re, and rabbi goldfarb's focus was on a piece of liturgy that we're not going to look at today because the piece we're going to look at from him is on the is really related to to the parsha but it has to do with the concept of repentance which is of course a theme of the high holy days and what's the word that we use for repentance at the High Holy Days in Hebrew? Teshuvah. Exactly. Great. And where do we say teshuvah in the liturgy of the High Holy Days? Oh yeah, Joey's singing it beautifully. It's uteshuvah, ut 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 It's the the bookend to unetanitokaf. Right. So unetanitokaf is a discourse of God's judgment. And then we have the Rosh Hashanah. Yichatevun. On Rosh Hashanah, it's written. And then on Yom Kippur, it's sealed. Who shall be this and who shall be that? And then we're given a recipe. And how can we change this decree with tshuva, with this repentance, with Tefila, and with tzedakah, with giving from a place of righteousness and justice. Tefila being prayer. Sorry, I didn't translate that one. So chuva with this return, he says that the rabbinic principle at the core of Chuva, this is Rabbi Goldfarb's teaching, the rabbinic principle at the core of that liturgy is Shuv Yom Echad Lifnei Mito, or mitato, depending on which text you have in front of you. Repent one day before you die anybody have thoughts on that text repent one day before you die anybody have issues with that text it's it's, (laughs) spoken like a lawyer jason says assumes knowledge not in evidence right okay so this is this is an issue right because How how do you know when you die Right. So, um, I'm going to to use the response from a classic, uh, uh, Yiddish joke about anyone know the joke about like, Hey, waiter, try my soup. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, shuv yom repent one day before you die. But how do I know when I'm going to die? Exactly. Yes, exactly. 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 Treat every day as if it's your last opportunity to do Teshuvah, and this is the key, and this is the key. Now, when I say it this way, and I'm gonna, I, I'm already spoiling for you the end of this teaching, that what I'm saying is that already in this season, right, Elul, the High Holy Days, it's not magic. In fact, the whole point of the High Holy Days is to teach us to not wait until the High Holy Days or not reserve the High Holy Days as the time to do the work of fixing our human relationships and fixing our relationship with the divine. Because if we were to do that, it would be like trying to pigeonhole all of the work that we're doing into a particular season of the year where it might not be the right time of the year for us to be working on those things, right? It might be too late. It might be too early to say apologies, to ask forgiveness, to ask something of someone. So all of that being an introduction to the text that we're going to study today. That's a pun. You're going to get it in a minute, and maybe you'll laugh. OK. Danny, how is camp? Oh, camp. Like, I miss camp when I leave it, too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I miss camp, too. Yeah, it's OK, bud. We'll try to bring the spirit. Yeah, No, camp's the best. Um so in Parshat re'eh in the very beginning which rosemary read for us today we get a reading about today and we're going to explore this one word and we're going to get stuck purposely on this word together and i'm going to apologize in advance that i'm sharing with you commentaries very out of order i'm going to share you share with you a hasidic commentary those who are looking at the texts at home already uh, from what i sent out on shabbat you know it's the first text is a hasidic text from the 19th century the kedusha levi and then the the um second text is rashi which is 11th to 13th century so quite opposite but it's the content not the chronology that i wanted to share so first the Parsha. hi yom see what i give before you hi yom today baraka uklala blessing and what's klala it's like a it's curse but it's 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 um a consequential curse okay it's a consequential curse so it's not a curse like the reason why i say that is because i watched sleeping beauty as a kid right and so i know that like curse is like oh that lady didn't like that family and so that kid got cur-. no it's like a consequential curse If yep, you know it's more like um what's that uh bunny foo foo right like and if you don't stop then i'm gonna turn you into a what did she say into a something a goon a- yeah I don't know. So, I don't know. I, Bunny Fufu made it into my, <laughs> my Sudashli sheet until I have little kids. Um, but it's more of a consequential curse, okay? If you don't, okay, we're, we're in, though God loves us unconditionally, we are in a section of the Torah where God is giving us some consequential blessings and curses. So, but see what I put before you today. Et habracha asher tishme'u. That is the blessing that you should hear. El mitzvot Adonai Elohechem, The commandments of Adonai, your Lord. Asher hayom, that which I command you today. You see Hayom again? Okay, it's there again. The haklala, that is the curse. Im lo tishme'u el mitzvot Adonai The curse if you don't listen to the mitzvahs, to the commandments that God, Adonai, your Lord, the sartem min derech, and you should wander off of the path, asher that I command for you today. See that today again? La lecher elohim cherim to walk after other gods, asher lo yadatem, that you've not known, that you aren't. Intimately in relationship with right? God has been in relationship with the Jewish people since Abraham. We're many generations later. This is the end of the Torah. el and it should be when God. It will be when God brings you into the land, asher atah va that you will go in lirishta to possess. The Natata el You should pronounce the blessing. You should give the blessing on hargrizim, on the Mount of Grizim. The etaklawal har eval. And you should pronounce the curse at this other mountain, eval. And then there's this extra line that, that's just clarifying where those mountains are. We're not going to go there. Okay. So Hayom is there three times. And it already seems actually a little bit extraneous just in the first mention. Look at that first mention. The sentence could have functioned without it. Look what I give to you. Blessing and curse. Wouldn't that have been fine? Right? It would have functioned. But instead we get hayom and we get hayom, hayom, hayom. Hayom, hayom, hayom. Ah, oh, yeah, See? We got, well a lot of Hayyoms, a lot of high holiday themes coming up. So the commentators pick up on this Hayyominess of the text, of the nowness and the urgency of Hayyom. And the Kedushan Halevi takes this in a particular direction. The Kedushan Halevi is a Hasidic master who, well, let's just dive right into it, it's on the front of the page so he takes the hook from the beginning of this text it would seem hayom do you all know that the the word teva means also word it means ark but it also means word okay the word hayom uh it's just it, it just doesn't seem necessary it just—it doesn't seem like we need it at first. Ach diyduah shehakadosh baruch hu mechadesh betuvo bechol yom tamid maase Sheet. As we know, haYom God mechadesh is the renewer of blessings every day. Dehu ybarach nutem bechol yom beheirut chadash hasadim. Chadashim the Adam Ha'oved Shemo Yibarak, Mikabel alav bechol Yom, the Hirut Vesechal Masha Loha Ya Yodea Et So we know God renews blessings every day, just as God renews the act of creation of the universe by providing like light to the divine universe, because that's part of God's tuveau, God's goodness. The people who are workers, Oved shemo, work for the name of Hashem Yipparach, they are aware that they receive new insights and new awarenesses every day and learn things that they didn't even know the previous day. So what's the difference between Chadesh and Mechadesh? What's the difference between Chadesh and mechadesh or chadash, and mechadesh what's the difference between new and renew as in creation or as in more importantly here because that's what we're talking about in our text mitzvah what's the difference between a new commandment and the renewal of a commandment okay so being given once versus being continually given. So that's what an interesting insight. Uh, as Jason's pointing out, there is a concept that the Torah is being continuously given, right? There's an idea that we are continuously being commanded. And so actually, Hayom is every day. We are being commanded every day to do this, and therefore every day is a new opportunity to feel as though we are being commanded by God, Hayom, today to do this. That is definitely one interpretation. Good. What else? Yeah. So it's a commandment, but it's also a process. So whatever God is commanding here on this day, these commandments, which I'm really reminding you of anyway, because we've already given it to you, it's, it's not just being given, it's a process. You're going to have to come back to it again and again. Good. Rosemary. So Rosemary says, well, it's a message of hope because every day God is creating a new slate of creation. God renews creation entirely every day. So you and I, we have a new opportunity to try again every day. It's a new chance at the commandments. It's a new chance at life. It's a new chance to let's dig into that word to in the heart of it is that word from that rabbinic teaching that rabbi goldfarb taught, which is shuv to go back to rewind and to try again and to try again, to do better. All right. So it's a message of hope, Michelle. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's more of a, you, you start, uh, that first day really excited like when you com- com- when you commit to a new something and then and then you've got to come back to it every day and it's a process and you've got to try again the next day and then you got to commit to doing it again. So interestingly, uh, it's that's kind of like a ballast to what to what Rosemary said because on the one hand, it's an opportunity to do it again every day. But even when we have a really good day. Right, one of the hardest things about having a really good day, and when I say a good day, I mean a day where we've been good with our humanity, where we can look in the mirror and feel that we're right with our relationships and with ourselves, perhaps just through one act or maybe through many, we still have to wake up the next day and make good decisions again. Or not, and then we can try again the next day. But that is complicated. Right? Hayom means... You have to do it every day. You don't get to just be good one day. It is a daily exercise in being a good human. Did I get at some of of that? I hadn't thought of it in that way before, but that is actually very, it's a complicated but important balance to that idea of hopefulness. You do get to try again, but you're asked to try again. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So Warren is taking us to the place of saying, look, the shot, the the contextual reading of this verse is god gave those blessings and those curses on one day one time and there's some import to that having been given one time and he's still searching for what that reason is about why it's important that it was given once i i'm not sure that that's necessarily at odds with some of this human interpretation about what we need to do with it every day but i Agree with you that there's something about that initial giving in that verse that is way more limited than where this interpretation and where Rashi's interpretation in just a moment is going to go with this. I want to read the end of the Kajushad Levi, which really takes us in the same direction as Jason. But first, Irv wants to say something. Yeah. Yeah. So for Irv, <laughs> so Irv says one of his few good habits is uh, is morning minion. And this is about maybe he has more good habits Um, is is morning minion and that this is about good habits and that good habits are about doing things hayom and hayom happening again and again. And that morning minion is a great example of that because that daily minion, which is there in the name, that idea of the of that happening uh, yom yom that happening day after day is built into it this commitment to going day after day i think you use the word commitment it is it is that idea and what i like about it as well irv is that as you said it began out of a place of obedience to a certain extent out of an ask to do it in a year where you felt obligated in a particular way And it morphed, right? It transformed in a different way for you as you developed your own relationship with that habit. So uh, it can take on many valences, but it certainly can be related to this idea of habit. So let's finish this kedushat Levi and talk about this everydayness. Um, I think I've left off in the Hebrew at... Bezehu ha shekatu, re a nochino ten hayom, alter she amruacha menu hayom, behol yom yu be a necha kehadashim, Ritse lomar, behol yom tekabel bracha ve chesed hadash. So I'm going to translate this a little bit differently than this translation translates this. So and that's what it's written that's what's written when it's that this is what's being said when it's written uh see what i have commanded to you before you today um by way of saying uh by way of what was uh said by our sages may their memories be for a blessing Hayom, every day you should um see in your eyes the that which is commanded as new things, as new, that is to say, yom um, tikabel bracha. Every day you should receive a blessing, chesed chadash, and a a new chesed, a new um, loving kindness. Now, here it's translated as as though you're just being commanded today. I think that the the real translation here is every day you should be you should be taking on some new aspect of bracha and chesed of blessing and of chesed and i don't think that that means and every day you're taking on a new mitzvah or every day you're taking on a new good habit i think what it means is every day you're working on taking on a new kavanah a new intentionality or a new something of loving kindness out of out of a practice that you're doing it doesn't say mitzvah it doesn't say an action these words of bracha and chesed are words of mentality those are words of of um if anything they're words of receipt actually it's almost like a blessing in and of itself every day you should receive bracha and chesed something new from the people around you but you do have to make that happen So it sort of leaves me with a bit of mystical mystery there. Like, what does he mean? Does he mean you should just get bracha v'cheseb? But that doesn't just happen. It happens by building relationship and by being in relationship with these mitzvot and by working on these habits. Going back several centuries from there to Rashi, Rashi has kind of a similar take on it same verse same um same hook that he finds every day these things that is he's saying the commandments as in the torah right everything that's given as if they were given that day that they were they were commanded even upon you that day what does that mean that they were even commanded to you that day? Urgency. Good. Good. What else does that mean as if it was commanded to you that day? What do you think? Oh, Warren says that he might be coming up with a tie to that thing you were saying before. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So Warren, let me see if I've gotten what you've said, which I love, which is if, if it's being commanded to you today, Then it is let me make an analogy it's as if you were born Jewish today it's as if you converted today and any mistake that you have made. Before this time you're forgiven because you were just commanded in all of this today right now. The philosopher in me who doesn't have enough time to speak about this wants to ask the question, what about all the good things that you did before, right? Were they just good deeds? What did they count for? What relationship were you in with God before? But I love what you're doing with that high yom in the text, right? It's as if every day when you wake up, you're in new relationship with God, a brand new chance to be a new relationship. And what I like about that is, I'm going to tell you what I like about this in terms of God. This, this gets deeply into theology, but stick with me for just a second. Think about someone with whom you have a really important relationship in your life. And this requires for you to, to buy into what I'm about to say. This requires that you believe that there is dynamic and fluidity to the way that God relates on an ongoing manner to humanity. So if you're a, deist and you believe like Thomas Jefferson did that God stopped interacting with the world a long time ago, then this is, this is not your Torah. (laughs) Okay. This Torah is not for you, but if you believe that God is interacting with the world, then think about someone who you have a fluid relationship with and think about how every single day when you have to engage with that person, it's a brand new opportunity, not only for you to engage, as best you can you're starting all the brand new clean slate for you to be your best self but you're also engaging with today's version of them because every other person in the world is also being renewed right we just said every single day God is renewing all of creation so everybody is getting renewed and refreshed so it's not just you It's everyone, right? And maybe it's even God, God's self to a certain extent. And so you're starting afresh as if God is commanding you that day. And now you're starting to be in relationship with the divine as of today. And it's waking up to a new day with God. And you're like, okay, God, over a cup of coffee, Modani lefanecha I'm thankful that I woke up, and now let's figure out where we are today. And it's new. Okay? So Michelle points out, but I'm human, but I have baggage. But I'm waking up, and I have that stuff from before. What about my guilt? What about all the things that I'm thinking about? What about all the previous days where I've made mistakes? What do I do when... Someone says, I forgive you, but I can't let go, right? So this doesn't correct for that. This just allows us to wake up every day and to treat each day as its own. I think that what we're starting to dig at is that this text, when approached singularly by one person, it doesn't do all the work. Can't be done solo. It can't be done alone. Because we've got all that baggage, right? We can't pretend that nothing happened before today. Even if we go with Warren's solution, right? which I love, this idea that we can say, "I'm born anew today." When I say "moda ni ki ilu," I am, I'm being commanded today. And mistakes that I've made before—it's easy if I'm thinking about, you know, I ate a uh, cheeseburger yesterday. That's an easy one to, to think about. But if I truly made Like a a real error, particularly where I erred against someone before. I don't just get to wipe that slate clean. I I have work to do, right? So it's complicated. There's still baggage there. Yeah, Rosemary. And then we're going to look at the next text. Good. So Rosemary said, it's like being a child with a toy. So when Rashi says, it's as if you were commanded that day, we're supposed to go, oh boy, Ah!" Commandments, sweet smoke yes I'm ready to do it right it's as if we've received it that day and with such excitement you reminded me of something I was thinking of before but completely flew out of my head a few minutes ago I was thinking about have you ever been through the exercise of um you know being in a space where you've established new rules whether it's a classroom like I've come up with classroom rules where everybody's going to raise their hand and on that first day everybody's really compliant or if you're this is my favorite one. I was thinking of this immediately. Have you ever gotten a new car, even a new used car, and you've made a rule and you say, nobody's eating in the car. This car is brand new. Nobody's eating in the car. We just had this at my parents' house. We had just got new sofas. Nobody's eating on the sofa. And for a while, no one eats on the sofa. And then like nobody eats on the car uh, in the car. And then eventually, like one person has a cup of coffee and then it's like, well, you know, and then it sort of like fades away. No, no, no. You wake up every day as if it's a brand new car, (laughs) right? And you treat it and you treat it as if it's brand new. Like why should that rule change? If anything, like, as it goes on, it becomes more important that you actually treat it with that additional care because there's other wear and tear. And so you, it's a long, you can tell this is a conversation in our family. So, uh, so, i think that that that's a really similar point of passion like how do you keep it fresh how do you keep that sense of dedication to following the rules out of a sense of love and care for this precious thing in this case the precious thing is the torah and the relationship with god yeah god is genius only God, I think Rashi was quite God-inspired to think about this. I agree. And I also think sometimes um, you know, there are other things historically that inform this that are really interesting. Like uh, uh, Many of you might know that uh, throughout history, it was the norm until fairly recently. I can't remember what, um, what the year was, but certainly within the last 100, 150 years, that it was the norm for people to wake up in the middle of the night and work for some period of time and then go back to sleep. That was pretty typical uh, for people to work for an hour or two and then to go back to sleep, perhaps to write, perhaps to do a little bit of um, housework, that kind of a thing, and then just to go back to sleep. And that was true throughout human history for quite some time. It's a normative sleep pattern. So what did that mean for this too, right? When when I think about waking up to a new day, I really do think about a reset. But how does that change if you knew that you were going to wake up partway through the night? Like, what does that mean? What does that do so i i don't know sometimes i think about that like is my reality the same as theirs there are some historical realities that shift things okay quickly i'm going to go with donald and then jason and then we're going to finish with this board oh i like that so donald is saying when we're on this side of the river where everything is just a little bit nuts every day is a little bananas right we're, we're in the meat bar there's been like war and surprises surprise attacks by Amalek. Maybe their name be blotted out. Whatever, right? That's the whole. That's the whole story. And then on the other side of the river, hayom, hayom, hayom. Right. Every day is going to be. You're going to be like raising. You're going to be running a life. You're going to have like a a homestead, and and you're going to need to 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 learn to regulate. And and this is what I'm giving you right i i appreciate that you're pointing out that he's pinning this on being something you ought to declare once you're over there because you really need to make sure that people understand that this is what happens consequentially when you are running a society this is how life needs to run yeah that's that's beautiful okay great great so it's as if once we get over there then you know you've received all these things over here once we get over to the land every day God is going to renew that creation and it's going to feel like you're receiving this and every day, we're going to wake up and you're going to treat these things like they've been given to you again even though it happened over there when you were wandering you're going to be in that land and it's going to feel like you've gotten this gift over and over again great um i'm going to finish by sharing this vort and what i love about this is rabbi goldfarb again uh, teaching and what i love is that he brings a musar teaching which is a Musser is this idea of like living, Rabbi Rabbi Israel Salanter living um, a life of of dedicated to kindness towards others. And uh, he hones in as as pinpoint as he possibly can um, on the concept of now. What does it mean to capitalize on our ability to do the right thing now in this moment? Moses tells the people, I pleaded with the Lord at that time. This is from slightly earlier in Devarim, but he shares this teaching on all of the Hayom of, uh, of Devarim. Moses tells the people, I pleaded with the Lord hahi at that time saying, at what time? Rav Israel Salanter said, a person should not put off prayer or study. I'm too busy. I'm not in the mood, Ba'et hahi.'" At this time, here and now, it is already and always an appropriate time for prayer. Rabbi Yaakov David Kalish, who founded the Am Shinov Hasidic dynasty, said, Davka, that Moses' intention was for the future, for times of trouble for the Jewish people, when it will be difficult for them to pray Bechavanah, in earnest. He prayed that at such times that God accept the pain in their hearts on the words of their lips, as prayer. So it's a dual teaching that we end on. The first is that we see every moment as an opportune moment to do the right thing, not just today, but this moment, I don't feel like, no, you know what? Let's do it now. Now would be a good time. Just do it now. And that if we don't have the strength to do it or to do it with much heart, that God understands that too. Because we're not always going to have the strength to do that either. And that if we do our best to do it at the right time, that that's the duality of a loving and understanding and unconditional relationship with God as well. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts.